And welcome back to the True Patriot Outfitters podcast, folks. At home, ladies and germs, we have a cool, cool setup. This is a first for us now here also in 2023. We have not one, but two guests coming and joining us. And this time it's not a husband and wife team. This is this is two guys from two totally different areas. Well, not really totally different. We have with us uh, two of the Midwest uh, uh, top anglers that, that you're going to find on just about any trail. Uh, that's out there, and it, more than the Midwest, these are two guys that that are the the I don't know. They're the example of what hard ass work does for for anglers out there. These guys have full full time jobs. They have full families at home, but yet they travel around the country on the All American Kayak Series, the Bass Series, um, and they compete with some of the best anglers in the country, and they hold their own in and out each time and that's why i had the pleasure of meeting these guys on the all-american last year and i knew from about 30 seconds in of listening to them talk we got to get them on the podcast sooner or later so we have these two guys joining us here tonight we're going to talk about uh, all kinds of cool fish and stuff here ladies and gentlemen welcome to the show mr jeremy brandis and mr tim Gurley. gentlemen welcome to the podcast glad to be here are you guys freezing in Iowa out there or as much as we are? Or how bad is it? It's not too bad right now. It's like 28. So, Speak for yourself. I was going to say, <laughs> I'm originally from the south. Anything below 50 is way too cold. <laughs> Anytime I see snow, dude, I'm like, okay, no, no, got to move, got to move, got to move. Yeah, it, it's snowing right now, but yeah, it's only a few degrees below freezing. So I spent, you know, I was technically born in Minnesota. I spent the last, you know, 10 years in Minnesota. I've been back home here in Colorado for, for a couple of years. And yeah, man, the older I get, dude, that snow thing, y'all can keep it. I'm just, <laughs> I just, it's, I don't know. I used to say snow is cool till after Christmas. Ah, I'll decorate a palm tree, dude. I think I'm all right with that. <laughs> sure. Well, listen, guys, I appreciate you guys coming on board here. This is kind of our, our uh, those of us that live in these type of climates we have, if we have an off season, you know, this is our admin time season, go through gear, get all of our affairs in order so that we can go balls to the wall come, uh, come springtime here. Um, you guys, what is first on deck, uh, Tim, for you? What's going to be your first event of the year? What are you looking at? Uh, first event will either be Gunnersville for bass or the the bass championship on Chickamauga. Gotcha, gotcha. And Jeremy, how about you? What's going to be your first run? Uh, Lake of the Pines, Texas, for the All American. I will be joining you on that one, dude. I'm looking forward to uh, to the Airbnb shenanigans that we had uh, <laughs> last year. That was actually phenomenal. Yeah, shenanigans um, are guaranteed. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. You know, and that's that's one of the things that I keep saying about this sport. But it's it is just. And Brian Schiller and I were just talking about this on the last interview I just did. Um, you know, it's it's always been about the people. In all honesty, it's like you. No matter in the in the fishing scene, but man, at the kayak level, it's just amplified because. I'll be honest. I just, I've not met a douchebag really yet. I mean, out there in the, you know, in the, in the competitive field, I'm sure they exist. Right. But I've not really, I've not encountered one yet, you know, out there. And Stick that's, around enough and you'll, and you'll see one, but you, like, you yeah. there's a, 
98% of the people I meet are, are genuinely good people and people of common interest that I just enjoy hanging out with. So, Well, you know, and it's, it's sharing information. It's making sure each other are doing all right, you know, out there. If you, if you need, you know, shit, Jay, you, you bailed me out. I was, I tore that uh, Nebraska and South Dakota apart looking for those, by God, those uh, uh, Z-Man long ass uh the the big turds yeah. i couldn't find them in two states up there and you had a pack of, of the color that i wanted you had a pack and like four left dude you should have seen me treating those things like gold in the kayak there because they they really helped that run you right. know and i mean and not for nothing what people don't understand is i was a quarter quarter inch away from you and i were that close in second and third place at that place and yet you still you know hooked me up with that i mean that to me that's the thing is it's the spirit of competition it's just people taking care of each other out there yeah the friends that i've made through kayak fishing like if the situation had reversed if i needed a bait that they had and they were ahead of me they would have gave me that bait oh yeah yep well and tim and, and you and i uh didn't even realize it I, I think it was kind of a last minute the pickwick thing um i thought that was super super funny so Pickwick, right? If anybody's been around, uh, no, no, it wasn't Pickwick. It was Bull Shoals. Yeah, we were at Bull Shoals. It was Bull Shoals, and we had talked earlier, and you weren't totally sure if you were going to be able to make that one or not. Mm -hmm. um, and if anybody knows Bull Shoals, I mean, this is a pretty good sized body of water, dude. You can stay in Missouri, you can stay in Arkansas, you could stay at the, you know, freaking side that's close to Oklahoma, or you could stay at the side that's close to Mississippi. I mean, it's, you know, all over. And what happens? Tim and I are literally at the same hotel in the middle of this thing, one room apart from each other. Yeah. And we had no idea whatsoever. I come out there and I'm like, that truck kind of looks from it. Holy shit, that's Tim. <laughs> you know, and that, you know, except at that one, Tim made the right move and he went to the right side of the lake and I went to the wrong side of the lake. And yeah, we're not going to talk about that too much. <laughs> <laughs> well, listen, you know, that the, the thing I wanted to you know really focus on on this is um, is just kind of introduce you guys here. You know, and, and this is the part that just impressed me so much is that how you can maintain that that personal life and fish at this level. Um you won't find people doing this in very many places. They'll try it, but they can't keep up with the level that you guys both do. Tim, let's start with you, man. What is it that, what do you do when you're not chasing brown and green fish from your kayak? I make bacon for a living. Hell yes, you do. <laughs> um, I run the, I run operations on a, on a uh, bacon uh, production facility. That's all we do is make bacon. Bro. Your stock just went up so far with us. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I knew it had something to do with meat, but the fact that it's like the meat. Yeah. I mean, are pigs not, I mean, I don't want to get on a tangent, but pigs are, might be the most amazing creature ever built, right? Look at what you put into them and, what comes, what, and what comes out of them, <laughs> right? Garbage in, bacon out. <laughs> That's, Everybody loves bacon. That's genius. <laughs> so that, and how long you been doing that, man? Uh, twenty-two years. Twenty-two years. Good night. And you are in uh, 
what central Iowa and north south southwest Iowa southwest mm-hmm. Iowa oh okay okay yeah so you're down by the border down there you're not not horribly too far and Jeremy what is it that you do man besides put up a lot of checks on your wall. <laughs> Fish a lot. No, I work for uh, Menards. It's a uh, oh, yeah. It's a Midwest based like home improvement store, kind of like Lowe's or Home Depot, only better. And, <laughs> nice product. Uh, That's right. <laughs> hashtag <laughs> Menards. Yeah, hashtag Menards. Give me a sponsorship. <laughs> I work at the distribution center, not not the stores, but oh, the warehouse, okay. basically. And right now I'm in uh, maintenance. I maintain all the equipment. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. And you are also in Southwest or where, where are you at? Now? Yeah. Tim and I actually live about six blocks from each other. So yeah. we're both in Southwest Iowa. I am a fail interviewer. I didn't do my homework right. So you get, that's why you actually, you actually meant it. Do you want us on the same camera? Yeah, we could have been yeah. on the same room. Right, right. Because we, I could have like drove six blocks and... Or vice versa, whatever. Right. Yeah, I didn't want some some couples. So yeah, well, I said we've had you know couples before. On the, on the <laughs> no, no, no. quickly, quickly, Tim's like, stay right where you're at. <laughs> We're close, but not that close. Yep, you're only a little <laughs> close. That's it. That's right. Oh, stop it. That's right. Now, do you guys both have kids at home? I do. You do, Tim? I do not. Oh, okay. My kids are all grown up and moved out. He's old. So I've got, I'm with you, brother. I've got, uh, I've got a 20 year old who's in college. He's a college hockey player now. And he still, he actually is in, uh, he's my neck beard in the basement, but you know, he's got a full-time job. He plays college hockey and he's going to school. So he's not really a neck beard. I can't give you too much crap, but uh, yeah, I'm with you. Mine. How old are you? What are we? Are we in middle school, Jeremy, middle school, high school? Where are they at? Uh, middle school and elementary. I got a 12-year-old and an 11-year-old. So they're still on that borderline fun stage. They're about to get really not fun. Don't worry. It's coming. They're at at the age where they can watch themselves for the most part, but you don't really trust what they're doing. (laughs) It's too quiet in there. It's too quiet in there. Yeah. I was that age once. I remember. That's right. So the reason I'm asking this stuff is that I just want people to understand and appreciate the fact that they hear me talk about it. And when I bring other, you know, guys that are in my same boat where this is what we do nonstop, they hear of the time commitment that's involved with this. And this is the part where I've said before, and so I'm I'm trying to bridge this gap for folks that maybe don't understand what goes into this. Um, the fact that you guys have that awesome support system at home, you have, you know, families, full-time jobs that demand your time. Neither one of these jobs are those are the type of jobs that throw a ton of, you know, uh, time off at you. You're not there. Shit's not getting done. So you guys have, you know, thankfully been where you've been for a while to earn that time off. Right. But instead of, Spending it doing other things like maybe taking a cruise or, you know, getting sand, you know, in places you don't want it. You're out there in your yak, you know, chasing you know, around the country, chasing it. And that to me is just phenomenal. I mean, that's well, we don't get this time back, you know, so that is and to do it as successful as you guys do it, man. Hats off, kudos. And uh, you guys, you guys were absolutely 
uh, hugely instrumental in helping me nursemaid me through my rookie season, you know, on the, on the few, uh, couple events we had a chance to, to fish uh, together with. Because mm-hmm. kayak is a different world, dog. Either one of you guys ever fish out of the boat series in tournaments? I've never bass fished out of a boat, no. Wow, you're lucky. <laughs> you're lucky. I can tell you, uh, though, I was, I was just thinking about this. And I asked myself the question, if somebody approaches you and says, here's your deal, I got your dealership lined up, here's your bass boat, go chase it. You know, go against, you know, go, go back on the trail and go after it. No is my answer. I'll be honest with you. You're not getting me out of my kayak, dude. The only thing that's getting me out of my kayak is my body. You know, if I can't get in there and, and keep it going, I love this, the competition. I love the experience. I mean, it's, it's, have you guys always kayak fished or when did Tim start with, when did you, when did you first get into kayak fishing? Um, I got tricked into this about 13 years ago. <laughs> tricked into it. I'm guessing by JB more than likely. No. Oh, actually, no. Okay. The girlfriend and my kids. Oh. <laughs> but they wanted to do a float down a river, and um, that was close to the house. I was like, okay, let's do it. And so we went and floated. It's like, well, this is a lot of fun. And they're like, well, we should buy some of these. And it's like, well, I'm never buying anything that I can't fish out of because we love fishing from the bank. Right, right. And they're like, well, we're glad you said that. And they were ready. They had pictures of all these different setups that people had back then of fishing kayaks. So we pulled the trigger and tried it. Wow. That's uh, that's awesome. And little did they know what it was going to spur, right? (laughs) That'll teach them. (laughs) And how about you, uh, Jay? Uh, I don't know. I always grew up fishing from the bank and, uh, I wanted to get it on the water, but I didn't want to own a boat or deal with the hassle of a boat or the trailer. I just wanted something like throw in the back of my truck. Uh, I actually built myself a plywood boat and I used that for about a year. No and kidding. Be, yeah. Bodie I could send you a picture later. Bodie McBoatface. <laughs> I think that's taken. <laughs> <laughs> Number two. And then, no, that's right. Junior. <laughs> I used that for almost a year, but it was it was just too heavy to to lug around by myself. So I finally broke down and and bought a kayak. And then, uh, yeah, first second time out, I fell in love with it, and that's all Brother, I've been doing since. That is hardcore. Oh, this is such good information here. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to get on the water. Didn't win boat. Well, I mean, flat out, I mean, have you guys always lived in that section of Iowa or different parts of Iowa when you were, you know, kids growing up and fishing? Uh, I have. Tim's kind of a hillbilly, but. Yeah. That's right. You said you're from down south. Where, where are you yeah. from, Tim? So I prefer to use the term Appalachian American now. <laughs> I'm originally from Asheville, North Carolina. So All right. I grew All up right. fishing, fishing the waters around there a lot clearer than what they are around here. Right. Right. Yeah, that, uh, you know, I mean, yeah, so where you guys are both from, I mean, there's lots of fishing opportunities for sure. I spent 10 years in Minnesota up there. Uh, I was in the worst part for fishing, though, the southeastern section. We're like the only section of the state down there that didn't have, you know, I don't know, X number of water. I always had to drive a couple hours to, to get to good, you know, good fishing up there. But still, uh, they, it's it's a, a lot of good offerings that's up in that Midwest section there for sure. And then, of course, the Appalachians. Holy Moses, that's there's some double digits down there running around. Mm-hmm. 
for sure. That's awesome. Um, the the decision for for both you guys to uh, uh, take this to the next level was was there like a uh, was there a gateway uh, fishing league that first got you in, or did you just jump in the deep end of the pool right off the gates? Uh, my first event, first live event. I did some onlines, but my first live event was the uh, the KBF National Championship in 2018 down in Kentucky Lake in yep. Tennessee. And that was kind of a big one for me because before I ever went to that event, I never really traveled that far away from home. I didn't have a reliable vehicle. I was more of a homebody, never got out, never did anything. So that was kind of a big turning point for me. And I blanked both days on that tournament, did not catch a single fish. And I was like starting to second guess myself. But then luckily on the second event in Kansas, uh, I did fairly well. I think I got like seventh. And from there, it was like, if I had the time off and a reliable means to get to the destination, I was going to fish as many events as I could within a 12-hour radius of my house. And nice. And that pretty much ever since. Dude, that opens up a lot of the country for you. You're in a good spot for that, for sure. Yeah. yeah. How about you, Tim? Would you? Uh, what was your gateway in? Oh, wait. That was a long time ago. Uh, it used to be a series that uh, Marty Hughes put on called Kayak Palooza. Yep. So it was a it was a multi species event. So you had to catch bass, bluegill, catfish, crappie, and you got scored points based on inches, based on the species. Right. That's back when we were we were putting stickers on a gutter to lay the fish in and take a picture of it with a digital camera. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, Marty's kind of a staple in our uh, in the sport in general, but especially here in the Midwest. Mm -hmm. um, my best Marty uh, Hughes story. Um, so last year, I'm a full-on rookie, right? The, the Wilson Lake, where I met you guys. Mm -hmm. I got there Wednesday night. Um, stupid microburst storm comes through, annihilates my campground. Next day, I'm like, screw this. I'm at a hotel. I meet you guys in the room right next door to me. <laughs> well, that next day, as I get done uh, um, cleaning up camp and everything, um, it's towards the uh, uh, part of evening there. And I just decided to leave my trailer at that. Since I already got the campsite, it's like, yeah, I'll just leave the trailer there. It's safer there than at the hotel. And you know, and I'll, I'll pick up all my stuff later, you know, and, and get it out of there. Somebody wants to steal a, a destroyed tent, do it, dog. It's all yours. You can have it. It's got holes in it. Um, but I'm driving up, and I see this cool little teardrop pull-behind-camper-looking thing with, you know, some four-by-four four wheels on it. It's all set up, and I'm like, that's really what the heck I've been looking for. And then there's this, you know, a little bit smaller pickup that's pulling it type thing, but I notice it's got a rack system on it, and I'm like, Okay, clearly this dude is here, and I see behind it, I see his Hobie sitting there. So I pull up to this campsite, and he's he's just down the way from where my campsite's at. And I roll my window down, like, "Hey man, uh, you uh, you fishing the All American here?" And he looks up from his picnic table, and he's like, "Yeah, yeah, sure am." I'm like, "Do you mind if I come over and ask you a couple questions about your camper?" He's like, "No, come on over." So I park the truck and I get out and talk with him. Well, make a long story short, it's Marty, and this is my first introduction to him. Um, we're talking about a few things. I share some of the stuff, you know, we do with the uh, Romans and the uh, true Patriot outfitter stuff. And he, he's like, that's, that's awesome stuff. He goes, we should, we should absolutely talk after this, you know, and, uh, and connect up on some stuff. 
And I'm like, you know, clearly this guy's obviously been around, you know. I had no idea how much Marty's been around <laughs> and the level that Marty has batted at, you know. And I'm like, he was just the most warm, welcoming, and sharing information with a rookie, you know, no problem. Uh, giving me tips, giving me advice here and there. Cause I mean, I clearly, I think last year I walked around with a rookie written all over my face at every one of the events. Um, maybe, you know, trying to launch my kayak backwards. That's usually a quick teller, you know, right there. <laughs> but uh, no, I just, that, that was my first introduction to meeting him. And, and um, you know, and obviously after looking up more of the history with him was just really impressed. And again, goes to that thing about just about the people in our sport, man. They're, they're awesome people. Oh yeah. yeah. Martin's, Marty's one of those guys, like, I don't know if he's sponsored or, or what, what he gets from, from Bass Pro, but he does, like, seminars for free about once a month at our local Bass Pro 30 miles from here. Yeah. Uh, I've met him a couple of times. He's one of those guys that he's more than willing to share what he's learned. He's, he's a, a wealth he's of information, and he's a what I would define as, like, a true ambassador to the sport. Yeah. Through and through. And he's, I mean, he's gone up against, you know, gone to some pretty big stages too and fished and does, does pretty dang well. I think if I remember right from our conversation, he was uh, in education. He might've been a uh, principal of a, a, of yeah, a school somewhere. In Auburn, Nebraska. Yeah. yeah, there you go. Yep. Yeah. Cool, cool people. Cool dude. So what brought you guys uh, for the folks at home viewers here? Um, we're looking at two of the, um, correct me if I'm wrong, gentlemen, but I believe founding members of the Iowa Kayak League, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. And what, so what uh, what led to that? Uh, that got you guys to start that thing up, Tim? Um, actually, it was uh, Jeremy's, Jeremy's idea and baby. Nice. <laughs> it, it it kind of piggybacked off a thing that that started the year prior. Uh, basically, we just wanted provided wanted to provide more opportunity for for new people to get involved in the tournament scene without investing a lot of money or traveling a long distance. Travel, we, right? We made online tournaments once a week for like a ten dollar entry. I think is what it started out as. You can fish any public water in Iowa, trying to entice new people to maybe if they have some success in IKL, they'll start fishing live events or whatever. Or if they just have fun and just want to do it casually, it doesn't cost them more than 10 bucks. But sure. the, the initial goal was to get you out and teach you a new technique. Or even some of us people who have been doing this for a while, three or four years, we it just motivates you to get off your butt and go out and fish some more. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the original original mindset, and I think it continues to be. Um, I ran it last year, and or not last year, 2021, technically. And then I, I handed it off to, to Tim and Kerry to run it last year, and I hope they're running it again this year. <laughs> we haven't really discussed it. Yeah, we have. We're great at procrastinating a schedule for IKL. <laughs> <laughs> But that's the mindset. Cheap, fun, affordable, online, convenient, uh, yeah. very laid back and casual, very informal. And it's just as a way to introduce people to the tournament scene, get them involved in the kayak fishing series. Well, I think it's a great thing, too, to introduce them to the to the uh, catch photo release world that we live in. Oh, yeah. You know, which we're yeah. starting to see. Our CPW here is actually um, 
making waves now with a lot of the bat local bass clubs out here because they are going to uh i think it's coming if it's if it's not in full swing this year i'm not sure how it's all going to play out but it looks like by 2024 even our bass boat leagues out here are going to be catchway release immediately um and no longer doing live weigh-ins and such and i've said this for many years that like the mlf or not they're on the tip of the spear of where you know fisheries management is going to eventually go one of the things i'm very proud about with us in the kayak world is shit dude we've been doing this from the start you know i mean we're low impact on the on the you know fisheries that we fish we don't leave much of a trace that we were there you know type thing so that's a cool thing for folks to now do you guys use tourney x uh, with that is that what you use so on the weekly leagues, we actually just submit our photos over Facebook. It's, it's very casual. Oh, wow. Um, yep. Yeah. And like Tim and Carrie and myself will all judge it. We, have three people <laughs> we, we try to uphold the same rules as bass, although we're fairly lenient. Uh, but for the most part, you know, turn the X would charge another five dollars per angler, so we want to keep it cheap. Oh. That's why we do it over Facebook. They do um, like a weekend challenge every other month. It's like forty-eight hour weekend challenge, and something like that, or the entry fee is a little higher. That we will do over Turny X. Right. So you have a little more uh, better tracking system of where the angler was located and whatnot. Right, beyond just the geotag of the of the picture right. itself. Yeah. But as far as the weekend or the the weekday league night there's what 60 80 bucks to first place yeah like cheating isn't really something we have to worry about but we want to keep <laughs> no, it right. we want to keep it very informal and yeah. mostly fun dude i think that's awesome man because that's i mean it's that grassroots piece that's what that's what started right you guys both talked about fishing from the bank you know yeah, we, I, re- I remember it was probably eighth grade it was a eighth grade was the first time I ever caught a fish on an artificial lure. And dude, I'm telling you that crappie that I caught oh, geez. from a little, uh, a little uh, swim bait that I was pulling. It was the, the most adrenaline. I'm like, I am a freaking genius. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and it's all I wanted to do. You know, I kept throwing, you know, at the same location over and over because I was convinced I was going to hit, you know, even more. Um, and, you know, the, these, these are, you know, this is the way. Now, the first tournament, you know, level when you, when you, when I found out that I had that horrible addiction, um, you know, that was, uh, I actually got in a, an event with my son who was, I want to say like sixth, seventh grade at the time. And here we are in our, in my 1986 Bayliner Capri, technically 15 and a half foot. So I didn't need extra registration with the state of Minnesota because that was 16 foot. Um, it was a bow rider with a Merc 125 on the back dog. Actually, it wasn't a Merc. It was a force. It's made by Mercury, but it was a force 125. And, dude, with my hat backwards in a strong wind, we could clip away at about 32 mile an hour out there. I mean, it, we, yeah, we, were, we were serious, you know, running from spot to spot. And that's when, you know, it's, it's just that entry piece. On the kayak side, it, it can be so um, easy to get into the sport. There's so many options for folks. They don't have to go as crazy as we have, like, with our rigs. 
I mean, yeah. speaking of rigs, I'm talking to a pair of old town guys here. Both of you guys are running the autopilots. Is that is that what they are? Both? Yep. Yep. Tim, you got the the Moose, the thirteen six, right? Correct. That thing is a barge. It is. And oh. and you've got it loaded to the teeth. Yeah. <laughs> you gotta have the yep. kitchen sink some days. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> now, JB, you're running the what? The twelve, twelve and a half. Yeah, it's the it's the autopilot one twenty. One twenty. That's right. Yep. Have you now? You guys told me these stories. This this wasn't your first uh, 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 kayak of this size, but it was what you both ended up gravitating to. Is that correct? Yeah. Right. Yeah, I've had. Uh, I think my biggest was only a thirteen. I never had a fourteen foot boat, but uh, I've had two twelves and a thirteen, and I like I like the twelve. That uh, that that autopilot. She's a, she's a pretty popular. Uh, boat i mean it's it's there's a lot of a lot of guys fishing out of that thing especially at mm -hmm. high levels um and it seems to be there's a lot of a lot of good reasons for that i i was when we were at that hotel i got a chance to check out you know a lot of your guys set up there and it's it's an impressive rig for sure have you guys always been motorized or is that something you also graduated to no uh the autopilot's my first motorized kayak i had a hobie outback that i I tried to get a rig, a water snake motor through the through the pedal. Yeah. It worked pretty pretty well, but that's my first official motorized kayak. By you? The, the autopilot. I had a Hobie Outback too. I didn't use a water snake, but I had an old uh, Minn Kota Endura that we rigged onto it. Nice. And when you say rig, you mean where the pedal drive goes through it? You guys worked out a bracket or something there to, to run it through that? Or you, did you hook it on the side or transom or something? Well, when you bought an, an Outback, it came with like a plug. In case you ever wanted to paddle it, you could plug your pedal drive. Okay. And if you drill a hole through that plug and run your motor staff through it, you can put a motor in it. That's awesome. Yeah. And how, uh, it's sturdy enough to hold the torque? Have it there? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> we discovered this after the hole was drilled. <laughs> yep. The fork of a 12 foot pound thrust water snake. You got to be careful. I only used it when I knew I was in like clear, clean water. I wasn't going to hit anything. Right. And then I used it like twice. And then I, when I sold that boat, I, I gave it away with the, with the kayak. Nice. Nice. And the custom fitting, of course. Custom fitting, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome, good stuff. You know, and and uh, Tim and I were talking about this. You know, you guys are both running trailers out there. I ran trailer for half a season. A lot of good that comes with the trailer. I, I totally, totally dig. Um, you know, a lot of the benefits coming with that. I'm thinking. I've got a trailer situation where I've got some weird trailer tire wear that's taking place that I, I have no idea why it would be doing that um, yet. And so that kind of forced my hand for the first half of this season, I'm going to go back to just running out of the back of my truck again. Um, but like with Tim and I were talking, you know, I don't with the new canoe with the unlimited, she's a big kayak, um, very stable, but it's also not very heavy. I mean, my dry weight's like under 90 pounds, you know, it's like 85 pounds or whatever. Yeah. Um, so it gives me that ability to to get that thing into the back of the pickup there. I just have to get it to the water and then load it up. I do like the aspect of being able to just gear out on that trailer and then boop, 
kick her off right into the water. That is a pretty handy setup. Uh, from that. I prefer to use my trailer, especially if I'm local, just because it makes like uh, launching and, and offloading so much easier. You're out of everybody's way. You can rig your stuff on top of your trailer, back it into the water, drop it in, get out of everybody's way in like two minutes. Exactly. But, uh, it's just another another pair of wheels, another set of axles to worry about. And on longer trips, I kind of get a little nervous about it. So I'm going to start this year without my trailer, but the, the local events, I'll be pulling them around. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to, for all my local stuff here, I'll, I'll use the trailer because I'll, I'll you know, have a few kayaks with me then. But for that odd wearing, try letting some of the air out of your tires. Don't run it full. Cause it's, it's, that's the weird thing that it's wearing. And I know, I know that they were filled uh, to the max PSI. They were not overinflated. The reason I know this is because when I bought it, it had that weird center wear on the tires. So I redid all the hubs completely all seals all new hubs complete you know cleaned them all out replaced all that um and i bought new tires for the thing i got about three thousand miles on it and the tires are worn out gone now and it's right in the center like it's over inflated the only thing i can think is that i got a pair of kayaks that don't even come close to the weight of one jet ski and this thing is a dual jet ski so maybe there's just not enough weight on the trailer and yeah, so maybe I do need to drop the air down just a little bit. Yeah, you'll find it helps with the with the bounciness on that trailer too. Yep, it yeah. is. They do get rocked around. Yeah, we might uh, we might test them out. I think uh, the tire shop's going to work with me on these here because that Bull Shoals trip I took, I, I drove down there back. I did a Pickwick and back, and a few local things around here, and my tires are gone. They're uh, they're not safe to run on right now. Just that little bit. My first pair lasted me like two years, uh, and I got like I don't know ten to twelve thousand miles on them. Um, luckily, trailer tra tires and trailer bearings are so cheap that it, just for the peace of mind, I would go ahead and replace them every year. Yeah, and then, and then not worry about it. I would like to get some bigger tires, some some more robust, you know, like um, maybe like I don't know, thirteens or something on there, you know, more of a like a car radial. I would really mm -hmm. like to put some of those on, but um, the hubs themselves, I'd have to swap all that stuff out too, just to even try to get close to that. But any rate, so we've got the IKO that you guys run, All American Kayak Series. This is where I met you guys. Um, Tim, I know you also fish a lot of the bass events as well. Mm -hmm. um, by the way, absolutely, I went. I was looking down through, and I know several of these guys uh, that are on the Bassmaster Classic list of qualification. Congratulations, dog! If you haven't heard that Thank yet, you. Uh, you. are you going to be able to make the classic down yep. down there? That's awesome. That is awesome, man. That's I've said this before. You, I mean, and you guys know, and everybody who knows me knows, I love the All American. Okay, and I know the potential where that's going. But if I'm if I'm just approaching this from a business standpoint, there is no organization in the pro game right now that has the potential reach that Bass does. Okay, Bass is the big name. People that don't even know fishing know what that Bass logo is. They've seen it somewhere. If they go all in, 
That's the big question is when are they going to go all in? Yeah, and stop, they got stop, potential, but they got to use it. Yeah, they got to stop dipping their toes in the water and get in here. And I'm hoping with Steve at, you know, working there, they, they brought in now a guy who knows kayak fishing and he's, who's pretty well respected around, you know, around the nation. So let's hope. Um, I get the feeling he was kind of brought in late to the game for this season. So I'm hoping 2024 could look big for them. But at any rate, the point where I'm going is this, is I still personally think that the Bassmaster Classic is the biggest stage that our sport currently has. And I just, with the numbers, the payouts, and the, the people reach, the Classic kind of is that. Now, Hobie, I, I get it. They got the money. And they got 150 guys every time going in there. But I say this with the utmost respect. That's a Hobie owner's tournament trail. Okay. I mean, that's that's what it is, dog. I mean, it's they handpick lakes that are set up for that that gear. You know, it it'd be like it's, you know, it'd be like saying, hey, come race in this race series, but you're only allowed to put a 350 <laughs> engine block in your vehicle. You can't run a 351 or a 352. You got to only run the 350. That's a GM racing series is what that is. <laughs> and that's how I feel about Hobie. Yes. Are, this, are some of the best anglers on the planet fishing that? Yep. Are they making more money than everybody? Yep. I'm not saying they're not smart. I'm just saying, you know, the All-American to me still has, you know, the most diverse field out there. But I digress. The... Bass Classic, dog. I mean, this is this is a this is a big deal, man. This is a chance to to really go there. You win a uh, you know or place well at a Bassmaster Kayak Classic. That name travels, you know, and people pay attention to that because that's a that's a that's an awesome stage to be at. That's me handing it to you, Tim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now this will be the second time I've made it to the to Chickamauga that they've that where it's going to be held at this year. Nice. So last time I was there, I did well. It's how I qualified for the first first Bassmaster Classic Championship was through Chick. So all right, a couple of new spots to check out, but I've kind of got the old spot that I was at before that I know I'm probably going to go to. And he's going through Nico rig too. Damn right, I am. Heck yeah. <laughs> Nico all day, right? Imagine. <laughs> 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 you know, when you get confidence, since I had a chance when I was at Pickwick, the two guys I was staying with there, Josh Deal, um, dude is a threat. Any body of water he goes to, he has a shot at winning, you know, that deal. Um, and then uh, his his travel partner, who's always in place and well, uh, Dan Crispinski, old Captain Crispy. And old Captain Crispy, dog, he is all about that Ned rig. Um, I'm out here. The two of us, our final day, we're just kind of fun fishing the final day of our, cause we know we don't have a shot at it. So we launched at a, at a place we've not even practiced and we're out by this rock wall and I'm, I'm running uh, a crankbait at about 13 feet down and I'm yoinking on a couple and, and he, I'm like, get on up here, man. Let's, you know, let's go after this. He's slinging a Ned rig out into that stuff. And you know, and he's, he can yoink them. I mean, when you get trust in a certain bait, you know, I mean, yeah. you, you throw it and you use it different than other people. So, yeah, man, Nico, your yeah. way right to a check. Yeah, I can, yeah. can relate, but not with the Nico. <laughs> <laughs> we know what Jeremy's throwing. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so speaking of stories here, Lewis and Clark, 
that was some that was some amazing stuff, dude. Because I've not seen somebody for two straight days just squeeze the blood out of that turnout. <laughs> I think you maybe put fifty yards of travel on your kayak the whole, yeah. whole time. It was probably it was probably hundred yards from my launch to my spot. <laughs> And then I spot locked for eight hours both days. <laughs> <laughs> and might but I add, I didn't throw the chatterbait though. No. No. Wow. Not I once. Did. I did. I only caught like well, one or two fish on the chatterbait. The jig was the magic missile for me. I finally found that you know it came to us right. That's that's what the fishing was tough, weird. And then by that second day, especially by about lunchtime, it was starting to fish like a river should fish. Mm. And that's when I found those cut banks and just started pitching a jig into the just gnarliest crap I could find. And it just went lights out, man. We made a charge. But no, dude, you it should be said that prior to that, one of the last day of practice, I think it was. Um Everybody gets up. I'm like, I'm like one of the first out the gates as I I normally am. I don't sleep much, uh, even when I'm not tournament fishing. So I just get, I had a 50 minute drive to get to my launch. I was like, meh, whatever, I'll go. So I take off. I come back kind of early. I come back kind of early. And homie's hanging out watching like TV and stuff here. (laughs) And I'm like, Dude, did you even go to the river? And you're like, yeah, yeah, for like an hour. <laughs> I just want to check that uh, my spot was still there, and it was. So uh, <laughs> good to go. Good to go. And dude, you—I mean, that's a solid second place, right? I mean, you. Yeah. You and, I, you and I were like a color or two away from taking the win on that place. I I looked it up like a week ago. It was it was less than an inch. I know that. Yeah, we were between close. you and I. Uh, I was in the lead on Saturday, but then I had a lot of missed opportunities on Sunday. I, I had some good fish get off. I'm not making excuses. It was my own fault. But sure. that that particular spot that I was talking about was the same spot that Jordan told you about uh, on your podcast a couple of weeks ago where he got off the water at 10 yeah. o'clock in the morning because he had like 91 inches. <laughs> he went grocery shopping. Yeah. He went grocery shopping. <laughs> he went grocery shopping. I found that spot like three weeks prior, back in 2020, or no, it was 2021. What and, uh, the feeling Jordan would not believe? That. <laughs> oh, he knows. He knows the deal. Don't let him fool you. All right. <laughs> I found that spot like three weeks prior because it's about three hours from my house. And then he found it the week of the tournament. And then we were talking about our plan. We both realized that we were both planning on fishing the same spot. So we were like, well, how do we decide who has rights to it, right? I'm not going to argue with a friend. So we decided to share it. We were literally spot-locked, like 10 feet from each other, throwing at the same spot, just slightly different angles. And I sat there and I watched him catch 86 inches in 21 minutes, and I hadn't had a bite. And then, (laughs) to make it worse, I said, oh, I just had a follow on a white chatterbait. He goes, oh, really? So he sat down his rod and grabbed a white chatterbait and catch the fish that I just saw following. (laughs) 
and then laugh in my face about it. <laughs> what are friends for, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. That lasted for about an hour. And then uh, we went our separate ways after that, and he had a few more upgrades, and it, it took me all day to get a limit. <clears throat> and he got off the water at 10 o'clock that morning with, like, 91 and a half inches or whatever it was. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. I gave him the spot. But at least he made lunch for you guys, right? Or something he like did. that. I, yeah. We had, yeah. We had pork loins and some sort of salad. I don't remember. It was a good. Good stuff. Good stuff. You know, and that's, you know, I was the reverse of that. Day one, I was, uh, I think I caught five, right? I think I caught five fish on five different baits, and then I doubled up on a couple more. I think I had like seven, eight fish all day long. Um and I really wasn't thinking it was going to do much. And by the end of day one, you were in first and I was in fifth. I was like, holy crap. I think only eight guys got limits out of like 60 some anglers. It was, it was tough stuff out there. Um, and my, the yeah. only thing that, that saved me was just covering so much water. You know, I was, I was like truly junk fishing everything in sight. You know, I'd go down a bank and throw three different rods at it, you know, trying to different targets, trying to see what I could come up with. And we eked out a, a little, you know, a little deal, but yeah, this, do. this past year was a little different. Like uh, there were, there were bite windows. Like there was a good bite in the morning and then like midday, mm -hmm. but any other time, at, at least at the spot that I was at, like you were wasting your time. It was a struggle. Yeah. Yeah, and I caught most of my fish on, on top water at Lewis Park this year, but wow. you wait wait to see surface activity and then try to capitalize on it. If you if you if it took him took you too long to get a fish off a hook, you were wasting time because you only had like twenty thirty minutes to catch those fish and then they were gone. And that's about the only time that I you know sandbag with my photos is when it's a when i can tell that there's a bite window going on mm -hmm. you know you taught me that cool trick of with the samsung's on the phone deal dude that changed everything for me now yeah. i have no more problems with submissions you know boom and then i take a quick sh you know shot of the front of my kayak so when i'm looking through i can tell which ones i've got yeah um and yeah, that when you get that bite window, I'll do that. I'll get those fish quick, make sure my picture's good, get them back in the water, and just keep on it. Um, and uh, other than that, I, I submit mine. And, unless maybe if I know there's somebody real close to me, um, you know, that's maybe around the corner or something, I don't want to show them to come around the corner <laughs> you know, type thing. So I might hold it for an hour or two, you know, and then submit it up. But other than that... I just don't like messing around with it. I, I throw them up there. Now, Tim, you launched on the at Lewis and Clark. You launched from the other side. You launched from the uh, Nebraska. I the yeah, I launched from uh, up on the Indian Reservation. Yep, that's. I don't know if you've seen it, but it's my most watched reel on Instagram. I I threw a reel up that had a picture of a big front end loader that was on the boat ramp. And I put the caption up there. I guess I won't trailer up my kayak right now. I guess I'll just hang out. I come back to get off, and there's this huge, you know, fr freaking front end. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure I'm not saying the right thing. Big old, you know, front bucket uh, truck uh, cat, you know, looking machine here. And, dude, it had tracks on it bigger than my pickup. And they were dredging the, that ramp right there. They were pulling some stuff up. And I was like, ah, I guess I'll turn around and just hang out here for the next hour until they move out of the way. So, yeah, I did not find much up in there, but you were finding fish in there. Yeah, except for I went I went all the way across over to the South Dakota side. 
Oh. So I went to the bluff wall that was underneath the bridge over there. Dude, that's a haul. Getting there was the easy part. Getting back to the ramp was different. <laughs> because of that current? Because, yeah, when you make that turn around there and start facing that current going back up, it's yep. – It was you a struggle. Guys- you guys told me that that current was going to be no joke on the Mississippi or on the Missouri the compared Missouri. to the Mississippi, and you were one hundred percent correct. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was that might have been the lowest I think I've ever taken my batteries down, um, just because of how much water I was covering and the fact that I was using anchor mode for so much. I went through two batteries. Both Holy! Days. Oh wow! Holy! When your when your spot lock is running forty percent power just to maintain your spot, yeah, like how long can that last? I don't have a meter on my battery, and I have one hundred and twenty. But uh, I know by the end of the day, I was I was definitely pushing the limit each day. Well, we were all charging our batteries out there by the you know a lot of us in the garage there, and uh, yeah, it was taking a while to get them to get them to come back. I was like, oh, hello. And my amped outdoors, man, they, they charge fast. That's one of the cool things I like about them. But, uh, yeah, we, we took them down for that one. Yeah, that, that current up at LC is no joke. Absolutely. And that's, you know, to me, it, that's the thing. The guy that won the thing is running out of a Hobie, you know, no motor. Um, that's some impressive stuff, man, I'm going to flat out tell you. Because yeah. uh, I had no idea that's who he was. And on day one, we – took off from the same ramp and we went the same way. We went up. No. Did we go down? Yeah, we went, we went, uh, we went into the current upstream is where we were going. And he pulled away from me. I had my motor guide. He's running leg power. He pulled away from me and left me, you know, through that current. And I'm like, wow, you know, I'm I'm sitting back there, you know, eating a bagel or whatever while I'm going, you know, and he's, you know, <laughs> but he he tore off, you know, day two. I still didn't realize that this was the guy in first place. And he and I chatted for a little while there because I think he was pacing himself till I peeled off and went into some backwaters and he went further up. Um But, yeah, that was uh, that was impressive stuff. And then at the end of the deal, I see him standing there and I'm like. Holy crap, that's the dude. Okay, yeah. So one, two, and three, we were all in a somewhat, you know, similar regional area up there. But (laughs) we're not going there this year, man. So, Well, some trails are, but not the (laughs) All-American. Yeah, Nebraska's club is going there. The Sticks. uh, Yeah, I'd really like to join them, but that's the same weekend as the Minelands for All-American. Right. I really want to go to the Minelands. Yeah, me too. Let's talk all American here. This this schedule, Mindlands, that is one that keeps popping up with a lot of folks, dude. So I've never been in that neck of the woods, but looking from the satellite imagery, I'm thinking the trophy ought to be a banjo, because I'm betting we're going to run into a few out there. Maybe like dude, how, do you, how do you decide where to fish when there's a thousand cuts that look the same? Yep. I I went through one of the things that I do is I pin boat ramps on my Google Earth. Okay, I've got a little pin that, that's my little symbol that tells me it's a boat. There's a boat ramp there. Yeah. I can't see the water because of all the stupid pins that are on my because there's like there's like 92 boat ramps that go into each one of these little things that we can get access to. 
And yeah. I'm telling you, there's a couple of those roads that don't have an outlet. They go way back in the woods, and then there's a farm. And I'm like, yeah, someone ain't coming home if they go down that road there. <laughs> it's that Kansas. Might be one of those tournaments where uh, I, I don't bring the autopilot. I've got a Lynx also. That might be yeah. where I bring that one so I can get in and out of the truck real quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm for sure bringing my EPS motor, my, my transom mount uh, 24. I'm not bringing that XI3 because there will be, I don't see any reason for that bulky bow mount. Uh, I want speed and, and something that I can go over six inches of water. And that's what that EPS Newport, you know, motor of mine can do for sure. But yeah, that one, that one, you know, our club, our local bass club, literally changed one of our tournament dates so that we didn't conflict with that because there's there's guys here in Colorado that want to go to that. Yeah. And I'm like, that's awesome, man. This is going to be a good event. I think we'll see some good numbers down there. But a lot of people show up. And that's yeah. So have you guys ever fished that down there yet? No, no. no. So I think Wilson and, and Bakel are the only lakes I've fished in Kansas, but yeah. Yeah that uh it's, it's, I mean, I know some of the Kansas folks that are going to be there are going to have the leg up as far as which areas. There is a legend out there. I'm going to spill the beans on this right now. There's a legend out there that gives you their numbers, the lake numbers, and it'll flat out tell you there's some of these that are considered to be trout ponds only. So don't even bother launching on it. So look up. If you go online and do some Googling, you'll find a lot of information on these places that have each one of them is numbered by a certain number and it'll show you kind of what's stocked, what's supposed to be there, what isn't. And that helps you kind of, I think, maybe eliminate some initial things for the, all of us coming in from, you know, so we're not completely behind the eight ball to the locals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, that one, uh, that one should be, should be pretty wild. Um, the other one, man, the championship, Felsenthal Refuge. This thing looks like straight out of the swamps. Shoot him! Are we going to be in gator country down there? Nah. No gators. Some guy was telling me he thinks Conway and Felsenthal both are going to have gators in them. Levi? I don't know. Somebody, <laughs> somebody said something on one of the Facebook posts. Yeah, we've got, got gators on the on the, the Mississippi up by La Crosse, too. <laughs> Those are usually, you know, retirees, though. <laughs> that shouldn't be wearing half the stuff they are. <laughs> I have uh, never fished Arkansas. I'm looking forward to that one, actually. But it's, it's a cool, cool section. Now, the Bull Shoals was beautiful. Driven through Arkansas several times, but never fished it. So we've been been to Washita twice. Never been to Conway or Felonsaw, though. Yep. Yeah, that uh, that that refuge one down there. If it weren't the championship, and if that weren't for AOI, I that was actually one I was gonna eliminate that one and put a different one on the schedule instead. But uh, yeah, no, we we got to have that one for AOI. So hopefully by then I'll have my concealed carry in, so I'll be ready for any gators. You know, things will be fine that way. You know, reciprocity. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I don't. Uh, I don't have the high sidewalls that you boys do. You know what I'm saying? Uh, I, I am like the perfect gator chomp distance. You know, on the side of my unlimited. I don't want to be that commercial. 
I wouldn't worry about the gator. It's you know actually the, you guys are gonna laugh though, but the other day I started looking up when is mating season for gators <laughs> because that's gonna be the worst time. They're gonna be aggressive. Yeah. But in Texas, no, actually, you got to worry about after the eggs have hatched. That's when they're the most aggressive. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not about gators, y'all. That's just I. I lived in Florida as a kid. That's in, in fishing down there. Yes, I, I would love to get on some Florida strain, but from a kayak, I don't think so. I just don't think it doesn't drive me because I know what's in that water, man. <laughs> um, I don't know if I'm that from a boat, sure. But, you know, I don't know. Between Mr. No Shoulders and, and Mr. Teeth, um, I'm just not playing with either one of those things out there, man. <laughs> you guys ever had a snake uh, join you in the kayak? Oh, yeah. In the kayak. Yeah. I like garter snakes, but oh. not, nothing venomous or anything. But Yeah, I don't, I don't not know. Not a big deal. Just throw them out. They'll move on. Nope. No. <laughs> it, it, at that point, it fucking owns the kayak. <laughs> not happening. Eliminated a lot of fishing spots at Possum Kingdom, Texas that way. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that's a note place to fish over there. <laughs> the, I've never, nope, there's a snake there. Can't do it. <laughs> I've never had any encounter with them out of the kayak, but uh, down in Ozark country, I've come across lots of uh, lots of snakes, water snakes, whatever they are, that, that swimming across those back, cha- you know, little uh, channels such when I was in my boat because I fished down in the Ozarks, you know. Uh, through some of those, and I've seen a bunch down there, but never come across them with uh, with the kayak yet. And so, yeah, I've got good rod blanks. I like fishing with big fishing poles, so it's uh, it's okay. I'll beat the living. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna launch them. There's no doubt about it. I mean, I, as long as they leave me be, I'm good. But yeah. So, mine lands, uh, Felsenthal. Anything else catching your eye on the on the schedule this year? Are you guys gonna make the Saint Clair? I'm gonna try. If uh, yeah, I owe it to Jordan to go to St. Clair. He's been pestering me about St. Yep. Clair for like three years now. It's like a bucket list place for smallmouth. Yep. If I, I start out three years in a row. Yeah. If I start out the season for All American doing pretty well, then I owe it to myself to go to St. Clair's. But uh, apart from Texas, which I always get excited about the first event, uh, the next one for me is Okaboji. And I know Jordan, Jordan mentioned it on his podcast with you. Yep. It's it's really kind of underrated. Only the locals know how good it really is. Yep. Absolutely. If you look at the results from last year, I think there was like 53, 55, something like that. Anglers that signed up and 48 of them caught of a limit. Yep. Yeah. So everybody's going to catch fish. I'm sorry. Six hundred and some fish judged. Oh yeah, yeah. Event. So I recently interviewed Chad Davison as well. We'll be po- we'll be posting that one up there, and that was one he talked about as well, especially Okaboji. Yeah, that was uh, that was awesome. Oh, yeah, Chad. yeah, and uh, that he also said the same thing that it's just a, such an awesome fishery up there. Um, and dude, that's you know going back to the point Jordan made this point when we we're at the Airbnb, and it truly is something. This is one of the reasons I love the All American so much is 
this diversity in hidden bodies of water that maybe people aren't aware of, and we can exploit the hell out of that from our kayaks. Yeah. We can show you just how good some of these fisheries are mm -hmm. when you have top-level anglers coming into these areas and fishing bodies of water that haven't been beat to heck and back, right? You well, Okaboshi gets beat up, and it still produces. Like, there's a tournament there every weekend. Yeah, every we'll weekend, like Saturday and Sunday, and it oh, still right. produces. That weekend, we'll be sharing it with the uh, Iowa High School and Junior High Championships. Boats? Yeah, big okay. high school yep. boat tournament. Gotcha. Gotcha. It's good to know. That's good to know when you're trying to traverse a lot of that water out there. I mean, we're getting better, but I hear the I hear the scary stories about guys still getting, you know, run over out there, and especially, you know, when there's – yeah, so. The, the boats aren't as big a danger as, like, the wind. If it gets above 10 – then don't try to cross the main lake. Yeah, <coughs> yeah, for sure. But that time of the year in May, mid-May, you'll be you'll be fine. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited about that one. The Monaco one, we had even uh, Miss Fisher that was posting about that that she was actually interested in joining us up there because she's got some experience up there and she was if it worked out with schedule wise she was going to try to join the All American. That was thought that would be pretty cool getting a, a high you know. Uh, high profile name to come join us up there that would be uh that would do the all americans some some good don't know oh, if he's yeah. going to make it but well hopefully we'll get a couple of them to come to join us at the lake of the pines because this did you say it was like a week after the first hobie event of the year could be yeah they uh they changed the date originally they wanted to go um at the beginning of the year i don't have my schedule up here but they changed it give me a second i'll pull that up so fishing cattle lake originally it was going to be march 3rd at lake of the pines but now they're going uh the, the permits come in we're going march 17th at lake of the pines i don't have hobie's schedule i have everybody else's schedule but i, I never with the with the you know no acceptance of motors i don't even bother with watching the hobie trail I, I think march uh 311 and 312 they'll be on lake Caddo. Oh, wow. Sweet. So it's yeah, like yeah. less than her miles away. Hopefully we can pull a couple of Hobie people over. Yeah, that would be awesome, man. Well, you know, and that's it just it it it's a good chance for them to come fish different lakes and or fish, you know, familiar ground for them. But it's also, you know, it's great for the all American to to have some of the high profile names join us. Um, you know, until until the the Tim Gurleys and the Jeremy Brandis names have become a little more household, which I'm sure won't take overly too long, uh, uh -huh. in, the, in the kayak game, um, you know, and that's Jeremy. You and I spoke about this um, that you know having expectations of what it's like, you know, in the kayak game compared to the boat world. Um, you know, what my goal was for a day, what I considered to be a good day fishing in the boat. You and you and I were talking about this at Wilson a, a couple times and that it's um, it's different from a kayak, you know, of, of what constitutes a good day compared to that. You know, I used to think that I got to catch my limit. Right. I mean, that's the thing. Got to get your limit. Joshua Deal opened my eyes to a lot of thing going. That's actually above uh, just having a good day. That's having a really good day. If you get your limit, because you got to think about it. If you're going to new water that you've never been to in a boat, 
if you get in a bay, you get in an area and it's stunk out, you know, it's all, it's all chocolate milk. It's not doing good. Dude, you buzz 10, 10 miles up the, up the lake and you can get into some clear water. You, we can't, I mean, not during a tournament, you know, it's like 10, 10 miles away. If I'm, maybe I'm trailering up and I'm burning all that time with that, but that's the last ditch effort. You got to learn how to pick these, these areas apart. You know, it can't just be one pattern. You have to learn how to find a pattern within the pattern and be versatile beyond, you know, the average, you know, boat angler to be able to pick this stuff apart. And I'm saying this when I'm talking about competing at the All-American level because there'll be 30, 40 other guys that do do that. And so if you want to hang, hang with them, you got to learn how to get to that point. You <laughs> yeah. know, and that's to me, that's that's uh you know that that's a that's a cool deal and it's it's also it's you know kind of frustrating but i love that it's that iron sharpens iron man and i think that's what's all through the all-american itself out there you gotta realize too like when we said about the this cove that muddied up it might be easier to fish clearer water but that doesn't mean that the fish move 10 miles to clearer water right the fish is still there you just have to learn how to find them well and that's, you know, we learned that from, from early on is that kayak, competitive kayak angling, the first thing I noticed about it is it exposed the deficiencies in my equipment and my techniques. It just, hello, you better get good, kid, because, <laughs> because there's no room for error. In a boat, I can get away with things. You know, yeah. and I'm, and that's flat out the truth. You can walk into a nice hook set with a Carolina rig. Literally, I have walked from the front of my bass boat all the way back to the, you know, the the uh, captain seat, reeling down a, a Carolina rig, you know, for a hook set. And, you know, I haven't, I haven't figured out how to properly fish a Carolina rig from a kayak yet. Just, I don't have confidence that I'm gonna, <laughs> that I'm gonna pin anything yeah. with it just yet. But yeah, it's it's things like that in reels. Um, I had some old reels that I used to tout. Yeah, this thing's three seasons, four seasons old. Yeah, I don't use them anymore because from the kayak, I can't horse that thing out there. You know, I need it to you know be working proper. So if I buy a reel that lasts more than a year on the kayak, then I'm going to buy another one because that's a good reel. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Right. Absolutely. So on the last tip here, you guys, I never hear you talk about this stuff whatsoever. Um, and neither one of you have, have uh, gotten into the social media, you know, frenzy with sponsors and things of that. You guys are still fronting the cost of this entire thing just completely yourselves, you know, through mm-hmm. this deal. Um, is that by design is that just not really actively worried about that stuff? Because if I'm a dude, you know, which I am, who owns a company. I mean, obviously you were two guys that I would absolutely, you know, my company just happens to be a nonprofit. So there's not a whole lot, you know, we can do other than things like this, but I mean, you guys are hooked, man. I mean, flat out, just, I'm not, I'm not, you know, blowing wind up your skirts, but you guys, I mean, you guys compete everywhere you go. And so why, why is that? Well, I don't, I don't, I don't pursue a sponsor or a partnership or anything because I don't know. I feel like it's a return on investment. If people want you to promote their product in exchange for something I've never thrown before, I'm not going to sell myself out like that. Nope. Uh, I, I throw the same baits. Everybody knows what baits I throw that, that know me anyway. Yep. 
And what do they want in return? I mean, I don't think it's really worth it, in my opinion. You're right. If you don't believe in it and don't throw it, then no, you absolutely should not. But like, say the the company that, you know, what, let's throw them out there. What chatterbaits do you use, if you don't mind dispelling that? I throw the jackhammer all the time. Gotcha. If if they offered me a sponsor, (laughs) that'd be a little bit different. But, uh, I wish I could say I knew people, but I don't. So <laughs> at least not in, I know people that are sponsored by them. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, that's a, that's a pretty heavy hitter for sure. I mean, there, there's some knockoff chatterbaits, whatever, yep. that I wouldn't feel right accepting it because that's not what I throw. That's not what yep. I use. And I'm not in it. I'm like, I'll pay the $100 entry fee. I don't care. Yep. I'm yep. Not looking for a handout. You know, Chad and I spoke about this. Brian Schiller and I spoke about this. Um, you know, no sponsorship or, or money value or discount or free gear. None of that is ever worth um, your credibility. Right. No. Our, our industry to the naked eye appears big. But, dude, it's very small. Mm. And, people, and people talk, you know, and... The word gets around quickly, you know, on certain, especially when you start making waves in certain scenes out there. And so, you know, being professional is a, is a huge deal. And if the first moment that people, you know, get the idea that, you know, you're in it for just the money type thing, there went your credibility and you're, you're kind of burnt at that point, you know, so it's not as, as bad as what people think it is at the pro level. That's not, that's not the case at all. Um, they throw the stuff. People don't think they do, but they absolutely do. Now, is it their first choice? Maybe not, but they found a way to make it work, and they're making a living doing it. Yeah, there's there's worse things, you know, <laughs> out there for sure. So, what about you, Tim? Any any opportunities that you is this just something you're not interested in? What's the? Um, I've got one guy who who does give me a sponsorship, so I get a I get a nice discount on the tackle that I order from him. Nice. Bassett Bates out of. I was going to say, who is that? Um, Bassett Bates, Tim Hamilton. So okay. um, great guy to work with. If you come up with a color, he'll make it. But it's one of those. Uh, he actually approached me. I didn't approach him. Right. So um, then the other side of that is is just that um, I'm not I'm not a guy that wants to give out free advertisement either because my time is money. Yep. So if I'm spending time promoting your product, why should I do that first before you sponsor me? Yep. Yeah. No, that makes total sense, man. And that's. Uh, like I said, we've, we, we look at people out there. Eventually, we'd love to have the outfitters in a position where, you know, we can, uh, you know, support more the, the sport itself. But obviously, our, as the things have changed and we've moved to the nonprofit side now, changes the mechanics of that. But, uh, you know, there's, there's things that out there that maybe we can, you know, when we, when we have volunteer uh, opportunities for people, you know, we can in, in, basically find ways they can give back to us at the same time and, uh, and involve that sort of stuff. But yeah, the, uh, the game, it can be, uh, it can drown you out in a hurry playing, uh, playing the sponsor game. We, we had a lot at one time and, and we drew it back. I have a very small uh, selection of sponsors now that we work with uh, that support us. Um, some of them support just the outfitters. Some of them support me. You know, and that's uh, I do enjoy it being a lot smaller just because, like you said, Tim, I, I mean, that's your name, man. You're putting next to it and your time is money. And for us, it, it absolutely is as well. So, 
Well, listen, guys, I am super stoked. Um, IKL, this is uh, um, the Iowa Kayak League. Look them up on uh, online there if you're in the Iowa area out there. If you're if you're interested in uh, you know getting your feet wet, um, literally, and uh, my feet get more wet out of a kayak than they ever did in a boat, man. What the I heck? Let's go barefoot. <laughs> you know, I used to go sock foot. I have these waterproof socks, and I used to do that. But dude, towards the fall, my feet were were freezing out there, so I got those NRS boundary boots now. Oh yeah. Yeah, I look like a complete space inside them boots. You'll be sweating out. Heck yeah, but my feet stay warm though. I will say that when the, when the water's cold and such, yeah, uh, for sure. But yeah, if you're in that, uh, if you're in the Iowa area, check them out there. Um, look through that, get you an you know a, a, a nice low uh, stress way just to kind of you know, check out uh, what what has got you know the bug that's bitten all of us in in the tournament side of things. Be checking and following along this season, folks, absolutely, with the All-American Kayak Series. Watch. You'll be seeing JB up there. You'll see Tim out there. Um, Tim, we are going to be watching you very close with this uh, with this Classic thing. I'm thinking maybe we have you back on, man, right before the Classic. Check in with you there, even for a 10, 15-minute spot, dude, and just uh, see right. how it's going. And then we'll we'll do the follow-up. We'll either cry in a beer together <laughs> or we'll be sitting there hooting and hollering and, and – uh, you know, and cheering it on. Yeah, don't don't psych him out though. Make make right. him wish he was going to Lake of the Pines with us instead. Right, <laughs> right. Maybe he's, that's... Of, he's standing us up right now. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. But you know what? Why do you feel bad, man? Yeah, it looks like <laughs> I was gonna say <laughs> who's gonna bring the bacon. I can oh, send a package with you if you want. I was gonna say, hang on, I didn't even think of that. What the, what the hell? <laughs> hey, that whole six blocks thing. JB will have bacon for Lake of the Park. Nice. <laughs> JB, you know what we could do, man? If they offer, we could go live, and we'll follow along at the classic with Tim out there. He'll know that we're back here commentating and trying to see where he's at. You know, following the live coverage. <laughs> While eating his bacon. While eating his bacon, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, that's going to be podcast gold right there. <laughs> After I win Lake of the Pines. You mean come in second to Lake of the Pines? <laughs> Only because I won't be there. Oh, <laughs> there we go. There we go. Well, listen, fellas, I can't thank you enough for taking your time with us here. Um, like I said, I'm, I am absolutely stoked to know I'm going to get a chance to fish with you guys, against you guys out there um, in the All-American uh, Kayak Series. Tim, we're going to be pulling for you, brother. Um, you got uh, you got the whole nation uh, from our little side here the, that uh, it's going to be pulling for you. And just be you, brother. That's all you got to do. Go out there. I mean, that's exactly what you did at, uh, at Bull Shoals, and it panned out. You had a really good weekend there where a lot of guys did not. I was one of those guys that did not, <laughs> for sure. And, yeah, man, that's uh, that's going to be fun to, uh, you know, just take take it in for sure because there's there's a lot of us out there that are looking for it, you know, that uh, that are trying to get there. But uh, that's, that's not an easy deal to qualify for, for sure. 
So, all right, gents. Well, listen, again, yep. folks, make sure to smack that subscribe button with the True Patriot Outfitters. That's how we get your support. Um, like I said, if you're not in a position to uh, to support the mission out there, you can do a huge help by uh, just subscribing on YouTube. Follow us on our socials. That gives us more reach to, to spread the mission around. Tim, Jeremy, you guys, tight lines this season. Thank you so much for joining us, and, uh, and uh, we'll be looking forward to having you back later. Anytime. Thanks, Gene. You yeah. bet. Thank you.